a Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. This episode of the Wellness Collective, we chat with Elaine from Time and Space Co. all about intuition and self belief. We ask her about where people go wrong with their intuition and self trust. We also talk about how we all have the ability to be intuitive. And we ask her whether or not we're tapping into ourselves or a higher being. This and so much more on this next episode of the Wellness Collective. You know, Cecilia, mm. how much do you trust your inner wisdom? Yep. <laughs> well, the reason I say that is because I've been playing a lot around a lot with this idea of late and, you know, really trusting your inner guidance and then, you know, handing it over kind mm. of to like, what it, what, it, what do I know? What, Whatever what I, will be, will be kind of thing. What am I being told? How am I being guided? Are there mm. signs out there? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's wild. But then when you start to get on that bandwagon, mm. it's like stuff happens and you go, you can't make this stuff up. No, it's funny how you can look back on things and put the pieces together. So I guess the wisdom is if you can see it while it's happening. Well, we could talk about this today, I feel. Yeah. Um, we have got a very clever guest with us today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Oh, sure. Um, hi, thank you for having me. My name is Elaine and I have a company called Time and Space Co through which I do all my work. Which is what exactly? Yeah, because are we going to do time travelling? That sounds pretty cool <laughs> right now. Okay. Oh, almost. almost. <laughs> um, so I work a lot with the belief systems, um, understanding why we believe what we believe, the subconscious mind, reprogramming the subconscious mind and stress transformation and then I also do I incorporate a lot of shamanic and energetic work as well as um, psychic intuitive work as well. So I kind of pull it all together and we go next level, like multidimensional stuff. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I can see laser beams and glitter and everything already. (laughs) So tell me, how busy have you been this year? Because I feel like a lot of that stuff has been heightened in people. And have you just been, even if people haven't come to you, have you just been witnessing it? on another level? Yeah, definitely. I think there's been a lot of curiosity and people have um, started questioning things, you know, and more so than ever, I guess, when you're forced to sit still, things that potentially would have been swept under the rug or you could turn a blind eye to or you could pretend weren't there, maybe you've suppressed it or uh, bypassed it. It really, like, are we allowed to swear? I don't really know. Go for it. Okay, so all the shit just like hits you in the face and you really couldn't escape from it. You know, you're in your home or, or you're being, your, your uh, relationships have become a bit more intense, maybe because of the, pro- the lack of mm-hmm. you know, distance between you and space and time. So, yeah, it's been intense and so beautiful to witness um, the empowerment that's happened and that's come from it, from this questioning and from these curious minds and people who are like, you know, everything's black and white. And it's like, well, actually, there's Mm-mm. totally a grey space <laughs> in everything and it's such a beautiful place to be able to observe the world from. And I think a lot more people are embracing, happier to embrace that grey space and really go, actually, why do I believe that crazy thing? Like, or why do I believe this? Or, you know, and they're just questioning and trying to find the roots of where all this conditioning and belief systems, where, where this all started. So, so yeah. 
Talk about body wisdom for a second. I know, mm-hmm. like, you know, the idea of knowing or tapping into a higher self or whatever we might call it, does it come from us or do we, in what you teach, does it come from a higher being? Yeah, right. So it's so interesting that you picked this particular question because it is something that I have been talking about and sharing just recently, right, is this difference between inner wisdom, and this is obviously from my perception, right, and we all have our different perceptions of the world. So uh, inner wisdom and then the difference between that and intuition, right, and, and receiving guidance and messages. And so for me, one is outside, uh, which is still us, but one is sort of you, if you want to think about it of outside your actual body and then the inner wisdom for me is from within. So inner wisdom is connected to ancestry, connected to what your physical body holds, connected to genetics, connected to all of that history that comes down that makes up who you are and then that inner knowing, which is like who your soul came here to be, right? So it's all sort of stored in there and your soul knows. Like it's it's just that we've forgotten who we are. So it's really about remembering and activating that inner wisdom. So that's within. And then the intuition piece that I teach and talk to, which is really connecting to a different, a higher frequency, uh, you know, consciousness, universal consciousness and bringing down messages and guidance from spirit guides or whoever you might like to work with. I love that there's so many options. You know, (laughs) so you can grow up with God or, you know, Allah or Buddha or just the universe or Mother Nature or it doesn't matter, but this idea that as humans we like to have that outside of us connection to something bigger. Um, Can we just quickly, before we move on, I'm really interested in this idea that our body holds on to the knowledge. I feel this really strongly with my grandmother. My grandmother died a couple of years ago. And um, I was in my late 30s, I think, when she died. So I knew her for a long, long time in terms of grandmas. Uh, But (laughs) often you don't get to know them that long. But I find that I do things that she would have done so frequently and it really spooks me because I think, is it like a cellular thing that she's just part of who I am. I mean, there's other members of my family too sometimes look in the mirror and go, oh my God, I'm that person today. (laughs) But, you know, how how much of the people who make us up do we carry around with us and and Mm. do they influence people in different ways? Mm, So definitely. So, you know, you might be familiar and I'm sure a lot of people will be with the concept of uh, being in theta when you're you know, from conception right up, well, I know, from conception right up till seven and you're just taking everything in, right? Like everything that you see happening in, around you. So if you imagine like you're a child and your mother might have seen your grandmother do certain things, act a certain way, have certain mannerisms, and she's seeing that and she's mirroring it, right? She's mirroring it back. And so then that happens with you and your mother. And so she's mirroring and you can see how a pattern of behaviour or just even actions, like the way you might you know, when you're thinking, you might like lean on your hand or you might do this or you, you have a certain expression on your face. It's because you've learned that from mirroring, you know, you've seen it. So you, you would know from like having little mm. kids, right? You know, when you make those faces at them, when you're trying to feed them or something, they'll learn to mirror and mimic that back. So it's not just those little things that they learn, they learn everything. So we're learning everything. And so it can be quite interesting to see how that comes through, like genetics. And mm. it's just fascinating, right, to see how that you become copies in a way, but then unique. Then you can go in on your own unique pathway and take some of, you know, some of, well, you use 
personal responsibility and discernment here, but you choose what you want to take and move forward with, and then you leave the rest behind. So yeah, definitely carries in the body. You can see it. Then you're behaving like that. Then you might have like same physical expressions of genes, you know, so that's fascinating when you've got the, the physical expressions that are the same with people that don't spend time together. Because my son does these faces that are the same as his uncle's, but they've probably spent maybe three days together in their entire life. Yeah, how funny is that? It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We digress. Totally. So then with what we're talking about, because what's interesting is, and the reason I guess I've been doing a bit more work around this for me is I always feared my intuition. I feared it when a patient was in front of me and I could, know something. Um, Is this your smell of vision again? I totally mm. can smell, I can see, I can know things. And yeah. and and I really also was never taught to embrace it because it was possibly something that was considered woo or <laughs> mystical or, you know, and you it just wasn't. woo. What are you talking I about? I know, but it wasn't really acceptable to, um, you know, be like, oh, I'm a Chinese medicine practitioner and I practice with <laughs> Intuition, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. It does make you yes. sound so, a bit woo. Right. Yeah. So, but then yeah. really embracing more of this and becoming okay with knowing things, mm-hmm. with the knowing, what do we call that? Is that intuition? Is that being psychic? Or is that all the same? Like, what? what is that? So it depends. You can have a dominant, you can have a dominant feature. Like some people see visions a lot, you know, and that's clairvoyance. Obviously and there's clairsentience and there's all sorts of different clairs and they give them names. I don't, when I teach, I don't prescribe, like prescribe, I don't teach people to connect and like get obsessed too much with one thing. But one of my dominant features is Claire cognizance, which is like the knowing. So when you're saying, you know, you don't know why you know, but you know, right. And it's almost like I was true at the beginning. I thought I was going to be so visual because I am a visual person. And so I kept thinking I'm visual, I'm visual. And it took me a while. It just dropped in where I was like, actually, no, it's clear cognizance because I'm getting the thought and I'm turning it into a visual, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like having that discernment to go, oh, actually the thing that I'm getting straight away is a thought and then I'm turning it into something that I can understand so that I can then understand it for myself or communicate it to others. So yeah, I find definitely. it really fascinating when you get when you learn something, you're like, I already knew that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. You're like, oh, of course I knew that. And well, I didn't trust myself. Exactly. But don't enough. you also think when you learn something like that and you, then you think, well, I already knew that. I thought everybody knew yeah. that. <laughs> but no, not everybody well, knew that. that as well. But no, it is really fascinating. And I think the more that we can embrace it in the right way, I feel like this type of uh, approach, I guess if you call it a belief, hasn't really been ingrained into a modern world. No, not mainstream. Not mainstream until more recently where we are being encouraged to drop into ourselves, to listen, to trust, you know, Mm. the process or whatever it might be. But, yeah, I feel like it wasn't acceptable until recently. Or maybe it wasn't, it was just not part of my world. You know what, though, that could possibly be part of it too. And Mm. like you say, there are woo-woo things that you go, oh, I don't know, that's a bit, (laughs) you know, not necessarily this. But you hear about things and you're like, "Mm, yeah, the sceptic in me is pretty strong on this one. But I read a story to one of my kids a little while ago that was in like a a short story book for kids, and it was about how cats and dogs are psychic. Oh. <laughs> and, and we read it and I, we were having a bit of a laugh and then when we got to the end of it, we looked at the cat and we were like, 
oh my God, she can read our mind. <laughs> and she can. It's incredible. I'm like, we've so had you did this. What so, do you do with the cat? What's the cat's name, first of all? The cat's called Minx. Minx, yeah, I've seen Minx on Instagram. Yeah. I've never actually asked the cat's name, which is so kind of me. So rude. Mm-hmm. You don't um, love me and my cats. <laughs> cat. No, it, it is really interesting though. So it, so in this story it was saying, you know, you, you can, um, if you sit on the couch and you speak to the cat in your mind, the cat will tune into your frequency and come to you. And, and so, so did, you do, did you test it? Yeah, so we've tested it a few times and I, it's probably one of those things with a bit of practice you'd get better at. But it's That's incredible. Hilarious. Isn't that funny? If only you could be like, okay, cat, bring me a drink. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just, I'm just a bit thirsty. Pour mama a champagne, cat. <laughs> if only the cat could just open its own cans of food, that would be useful. <laughs> anyway, that's not that's not taking the piss out of this at all. It was really yeah, interesting. I was like, wow, that's changed my mind because... Totally. You know, these and these animals are around you all the time. They're watching you and they're, you know, on your frequency. Yes. So they know. So interesting. So there are people that will be listening that will be thinking, well, how the <laughs> heck do I like, even start to get curious about this? Yeah, what do you do? <laughs> what do you do? Like what would you say to people? Because you're talking to people all the time and, and yeah. you know, sharing. And But the person out there that's hearing this, not maybe for the first time, it's actually they're listening for the first time. Yeah. Where do you start? Um, I often say, so you mentioned this actually before, I often look at fears. So what, what are the fears surrounding or what are the potential fears that you may be holding around even exploring your intuition or inner wisdom in the first place, right? Like, do you think it's too work? Like, for example, do you think it, um, that's only for certain people? Do you have fears about, you know, watching movies, reading books about witches when you were little? And that's obviously not a destiny that anyone wants for themselves. So looking at that and um, thinking, looking at maybe what your parents may have thought about that or said about that, conversations you may have heard about a crazy auntie who does blah, 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 and she's nuts, um, and all these things that you may have picked up and they might just be sitting in your subconscious mind creating this fear around, um, you know, and blocking and creating like a lot of resistance around why you might not lean into this, why why you might not want to be, uh, exploring or expanding in that way. Maybe a friend of yours had a bad experience with it. Maybe, you know, there were TV series around witchcraft, I think, when we were growing up that were probably kind of scary. You know, there are some not so great outcomes in them. So all of that can culminate to just create this big resistance where it's just something you never want to look at, right? You just don't go there. Um, but that's the first place because, or, or even what will think people think of me? What will my friends think of me? What will my family think of me? What will my partner think of me? Like, I don't know if I feel ready to go there if I'm not going to be supported and people are going to think I'm, you know, I'm, I'm about to head off the deep end. So it's, you know, it, you really need to feel like you're in a safe, supported space to be able to explore and just ask questions, really. Mm. And that's it because I think it starts with being curious. Well, mm-hmm. it's interesting that you mentioned witchcraft a few times. Would mm. you say that what you do is related to witchcraft in some way? Um, I don't mean that in a crazy way, but I remember there was there was <laughs> a what was her name? There was a lady who was in a band in the nineties who was a white witch, and oh, oh. Australian band. I'm gonna have to look that up. That's annoying. I haven't got enough facts, but it was really interesting because you know <laughs> it was a time where 
people didn't really talk about stuff like that much. And she came out and she was like, yeah, I'm a white witch. And she was all about it. And it was really interesting to see people's reactions to it. Because I guess maybe because she said she was a white witch, people were like, oh, that's okay then, you know. Definitely. Don't be a red one. No, <laughs> no. I have doubled in, you know, very early in my experience in my journey this way, um, on this new pathway. I did experiment with that and... I, Look, I learned a lesson the hard way and I had to practice discernment at that, that point because I think you've got to go into these things with a lot of respect for the fact that, you know, um, light and dark does coexist. And so it's not just, oh, you go in and it's all just like uh, unicorns, rainbows, glitter everywhere. Like you are opening yourself up to different things. And so I think if you're not respectful of that, I think that can be a bit of a challenge. So, um, yes, I mean, I kind of think they're all different forms of energy and and different forms of magic, to be honest. Mm. (laughs) And so I don't necessarily say, oh, it's this or this or this, because I do work a lot with the belief systems and the subconscious reprogram, which is actually based in science, right? So it's the coming together of like actual scientifically, uh, scientifically proven, you know, neural pathways, that sort of stuff, like rewiring of the brain, plus then I'm... uh, bringing together the actual energy work as well and all this multidimensional mm. stuff. So, yeah, there's something for everyone, but definitely finding your safe space. Like if something like hearing witchcraft sends you running 5,000 <laughs> miles and it means you're never going to listen to your intuition, well, that's a big shame. Like in my book, that's a shame. So, like, don't even worry about that. You know, an attachment to an experience, a modality, a this or that, like, let it all go. It doesn't matter. Mm. It's really about you and your unique experience and journey and your desired outcome. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love the idea of tapping into our subconscious. I'd love to know what's in there. It's like a swamp, isn't it? <laughs> it's, an, it's, it's an interesting thing. and I mean, it's never ending, right? So um, you just, I think when you're in a safe space, when you feel safe, it's like unlocking a padlock on your subconscious mind and suddenly it's just like throwing up all this stuff and saying, mm. hey, look at this, look at this, look at this. And you get, it's like gold mining and you get all these little pieces and you get to join the dots and so many things will start to make sense so much. And then it just gives you space to breathe and space to decide, oh, like this pattern, this loop, I don't actually love it and I do want to change. Or, oh my gosh, I love this about myself and I love that I learned this in childhood and it's really been such a game changer in my life. So I'm definitely like this is something I'm so happy to have as a belief but really just finding out in how many ways you have beliefs that are limiting you and not supporting you in taking action to get your desired outcome or the end goal right because the limiting beliefs potentially are all sitting there and you're trying to do something or get somewhere or whatever it might be create something in your reality and it's like pushing shit uphill like you're just never going to get there because it's such a struggle because your subconscious mind is not on board and if it's not on board then like you're not going anywhere Mm. I find it so funny when you talk about a couple of things here when you open it up and it's open and you're in there and it's all like, <laughs> oh, this is amazing. And and then all of a sudden you just, some for some reason, you fall off. You fall off yeah. whatever that is. Let's call it the bandwagon. I don't know what else to call it. And then yeah. you're like, you know you want to get back there, but you're so resistant that you can't get back there. <laughs> That's the worst feeling because when you're open and you're really learning more about what is existing in your subconscious mind, I feel like it's a bit of a slipstream. And then mm-hmm. when you get off, it's really hard to get back on back again. Back into the swamp. 
right? Mm. But I heard something the other week and I loved it because um, it was along the lines of that your subconscious is the dumbest, smartest thing you have or the other way around, the (laughs) smartest, dumbest thing you have in the sense that whatever you tell it, it believes. So, Mm -hmm. but you've got, you know, you've got to then believe that. But when you pull that in and then start to tell yourself something over and over and over and over and over again, eventually you believe it because your subconscious goes, goes, okay, well, that's what you're telling me. Why don't we do more of this? I'm like, why Mm. are we not doing this? We're so resistant to it. It's, well, sometimes the resistance, like if somebody is really resistant to it and has experienced it before, I just look at, you know, it's just an exploration of why, like, what are you thinking? Is it going to be too much hard work? Is it too painful? Is it like just easier to pretend it doesn't exist? Like what, what is it that's stopping you from going there? Or also to have a look at, well, to be honest, like maybe you enjoy where you are too much to actually do that, right? And just getting really honest with yourself about maybe I enjoy, maybe I feel safe and supported, even though my current reality doesn't sound good, uh, feel good, sorry, it's familiar to me and that's my comfort zone. And am I willing to move out of that? Because this is the familiar and the known and the certain. And I don't know if I want to go into a space that's uncertain, doesn't have guaranteed outcomes. I don't know what's going to make me feel good. Like I'm at a point now where I've been through some really painful shit like just like everyone else right but I actually go there so I choose to go there but I have a thousand trillion percent confidence I know that it's always like incredible on the other side right Mm. so then I will go there I'm I'm, I have no fear but when you're beginning to look at this stuff and you don't have the guarantee that you know that you're always going to be in a better place than where you began well some people just don't want to risk that. And yeah. I understand. I yeah. understand. I think yeah. that's fascinating too. And I see this in health a lot. Mm. Who would you be if you weren't sick? Who would you be mm-hmm. if you didn't have a label, if you no longer had endometriosis or you no longer had secondary infertility or whatever it might be? It's actually can be really confronting to think that there could be even another way or another mm. option. So I guess starting to just be curious and open is very much the first part of that. Even in Always. terms of, you know, your career, I was just thinking mm-hmm. that idea that you might might have done something for 15 years and you don't want to do it anymore, but mm. the idea that you take a step into the unknown is just too much to deal mm. with. So you just it's stay in the familiar. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. But I, I like to have the motto that of what's the worst that can happen. Mm. And, I mean, obviously there are situations where there are bad things that can happen, but if you put that question to it, and you think, okay, well, you know, maybe I don't get another job for a little while or maybe but I'm... Th- then there's a better one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> or maybe I'm not the girl with endometriosis. I'm me who can do X, Y, Z. Yeah. I think it's about not being attached to the outcomes. We talked about this in a recent episode. Yes, when we yes. won the silver mm. for the entertainment. <laughs> Let's just throw that in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but thank you. But it was like we were so not attached to that. We no. were so, we were laughing our heads <laughs> off. And then it was like, oh, look at us. Okay, well, oh. but... Actually, I think on some level we believed we earned it. Like, you know, we put in effort. We make make it. Mate, we do the work. We do the work. So <laughs> I want to ask a question because I don't want to run out of time. But how does our environment actually play a part in all of this? I know that you talk a lot about the moon and um, I want to understand what that might have, how that influences us, our environment. It really does, doesn't know, it? But, I want but what is it? Yeah. But I want Elaine to tell us. I do too. I don't have the answer. <laughs> Do you have the answer? So so the question is, how does our environment influence? influence us? And I think one reference is the moon is a good example of 
it being part of our environment, right, our, part of our world, part of something that influences us. Yes. How, what else then might influence us? And, and I just want to learn, I, I think we're really disconnected. I think a lot of us are disconnected mm-hmm. from our surroundings. Mm-hmm. So um, I think the moon that you're referring to, so I don't know if you guys know much about human design. No, tell us. Well, I know I've got two legs, two arms, a couple of eyes, a nose. I'm designed to walk and move around and talk. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So human design, oh gosh, it's like this whole modality where you can find out an energy type that you might be, like a different form of astrology. Oh, I love it. But gives you some incredible, incredibly detailed information on um, how to decondition yourself in this world, which is like so freeing and incredible, liberating, right? And so one of the things as a, I'm a reflector in that is that I have a lunar authority. So I'm supposed to be working specifically with moon cycles and it's the only type that does that. Everybody has different authorities. So I think when you're talking about the moon cycles though, I think you you might be referencing the fact that I do channeled readings on the new moon and full moon sometimes. So I do that sometimes just because I think that's a more accessible way for people to um, absorb the kind of work well, that I do. What does that mean? And is it because energy is heightened at that time that they're more receptive? Um, yes, for certain people at certain levels I guess of openness and awareness that will be more they'll be more receptive at that time and it's more because they've been you know if we want to talk about positive positive so-called conditioning it's like they're more open to hearing things because they've heard about the full moon the new moon for so mm. long right and so it's like not this crazy new concept gateway like yeah yeah that is too much for me you know so they don't write it off so easily so when actually time and space is really about environment and what you do with your time so what you put in your space and what you do with your time so when you're talking about environment, the things that you are seeing, the things that you're surrounding yourself with and the people that you're choosing to spend time with. So basically make up your environment, right? What you're seeing, um, how people are reacting, who who's influencing you, right? So, or who you're allowing to influence you really, but, uh, and how you, um, how you behave really. So it's it, providing you mirrors as to, your own beliefs, your own patterns, your own behaviours, and that influence is the biggest influence that we have in this time, right? If we're watching movies and listening to podcasts and watching a lot of TV, which is programming our subconscious mind, like there's a lot of stuff happening, Mm. a lot of places to get information from. And so I lump all of that into our environment um, and I think... Yeah, that's interesting that it's not just the physical environment but it's the environment in which you're getting your information from, I suppose. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating too, because I think this year in 2020, I think that light has been shone on everybody in a different way in that, you know, we all live in our little bubble where we collect our information from the places that we trust and and the people that we know. And and we might've branched out a little bit, but to see Mm. the big disparity in what people have believed, have taken on board, have, have, has resonated with people and where they've got their information from this year, I have found that so incredibly interesting. And I think what you're saying is is really uh, it's really heightened, isn't it? I think also yeah, it just definitely. highlights the fact that you're always going to see what you want to see. Yeah. Until yes. you're shown differently. Like you, you're going to yes. see whatever it is that you are wanting to see in something, you will find well, it. If unless you, look you have an open mind enough to go, this is what I've sought out, but let me look at 
something that's different and take that on board. Yes, definitely. But that's about, you know, actually wanting to, oh, that's right. <laughs> to have that exactly. door open. Exactly, totally. Yeah. So if people are listening and they're curious and they want to dive a little bit deeper into this knowing or this whatever it is that comes up, where would they start? Like I know you said being curious, yes, but is there something to put one foot in front of the next that they could start to do to allow them to be more open to learning more about themselves and you know, along the lines of the work that you do? Yeah, for sure. I mean, just, I mean, you know, I have a book that I've sent you. <laughs> Sorry, it's in the mail sometimes. I don't have um, it yet, but I can't wait to see it. No, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited for you to receive it. So, um, you know, just the self-awareness, right? So questions and prompts that can allow you to free write and get your answers, right? And just actually they, as you're writing your answers, you will often find so many beliefs pop out of there and you're like, whoa, I didn't realise I thought that. I didn't realise that um, I knew that. I didn't realise that I actually don't believe that. And so all these things start pouring out of you and then you start to get a bit more awareness. Like, it doesn't happen in 10 minutes, okay, but it definitely, as you get more comfortable with it and as you expand and your body feels safe enough and your subconscious mind feels safe enough to allow these thoughts and things to come out and it's just it's just a self-awareness journey. Like mm. I, I always just comes back to self-awareness. It's answering questions. It's maybe taking us off through a guided meditation. That can be a really simple one. Like find I've got a bunch, uh, they're everywhere, like seven-minute, eight-minute guided meditation to drop in and just allow yourself to hear answers. Mm. Um, you could talk to a friend. Asking friends is something that's really interesting, like trusted, safe friends. Hey, how do you see me in this? It's like, what do you You've see as my You've got to be brave enough to hear the answers, yeah, don't you? And definitely. even to answer it yourself, you've got to be brave answer. enough. Game changing. I know, but even just what Elaine was saying then about doing the answers to the questions, you've got to actually do it honestly. Totally. I'm fascinated yeah. though. Can we just backtrack for a second? Because I think for people that are a bit like, oh, okay, the idea of journaling I think is amazing. Mm. Do you mm. need to do something to drop into that headspace? face to journal like do you just sit there and go right I'm just going to open my book or do you actually ask say I'm just open to some guidance or is there something you can do to create that space to then journal yeah so definitely it depends obviously there'll be some people who are comfortable just dropping straight in but if it's new to you and if you feel like really uncomfortable in your body about it and you're like oh my gosh and you feel a lot of resistance then I just suggest some breath work so really just dropping into you know the seat of your soul really just and being in your physical body using your breath and just being aware of where you're holding tightness and use your breath to move it through and then you can journal or you could use cards if cards I don't teach people to be reliant on cards or crystals or anything I just say close your eyes and let's go and so I think when it comes to that though if crystals, holding crystals, keeping them nearby, if um, doing a meditation, if um, using essential oils, if using a tarot or oracle deck, a lot of people feel so comfortable with those, right? So if using something like that feels really good so that it takes the pressure off you first to just kind of drop in, be like, oh, cool, that was fun or, oh, great, I needed to hear that and then go in. It can be a nicer way for people to do it as opposed to like open my journal. Oh my god! Like, <laughs> I've you know, always been scared oh of tarot cards. I've never done it. Have you okay. ever done it? No, no. Not really. I had I, I have, had a friend who like... was mad for a tarot reading, but I'd always go, Nah, I'm scared. I'd get the death card, even though it's not. <laughs> right. so even though it's not fear, always right? death. I know that, but yeah, yeah. yeah isn't that funny? 
It's interesting. Like I think a lot of people I've been coming across their fears lately have been fears of hearing something they don't want to hear, right? So like hearing a bad message, getting the death card, whatever, um, all of these things. But they've allowed that fear to sit there and have never really taken the time to expand on it and be like, but actually like the tower card or whatever can mean so many different things. It could mean death of a job that you definitely like needed to end, right, and rebirth. So then it actually means rebirth and it's like, wow, like what am I rebirth? myself like this is cool so yeah there's so many different aspects to it when we address the fear point love it um elaine thank you so much for joining us do you want to just share where your website and um social handles are for people to address for people to be able to have a look at (laughs) your work i would love to thank you so um my instagram is time and space co and my website is the exact same time and space co.com and i love chatting to people especially about belief systems and multi-dimensional things so please come and say hello yeah go and pop a dm her way thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today um i think there's not enough time in the day for you to have those chats with everybody surely i know (laughs) i know you must get people where you're like, okay, so how am I going to wrap this one up? They're <laughs> <laughs> pretty respectful. They're pretty good. That's so, so funny. Time and so, She's got all the time for my inner. Um, before we let you does. go too, can I ask you, what are your thoughts on dreams and uh, tapping into the subconscious? Ooh. Interesting. So dreams, I think, tell you a lot of truth about yourself Ooh. and they tell you a lot about your history and they tell you a lot about where you're traveling when you're sleeping I think because uh, sometimes I'm like I don't know if this audience is gonna like this but because I do believe in the multi-dimensional nature so I do believe that we can exist in different dimensions at the same time so I feel like you're traveling and meeting different versions of yourself in your dreams Mm -hmm. um, as well as obviously expressing fears and seeing all of those things as well and processing life events through that oh I love Um, it yeah, it's like next level stuff again. I had to ask you because you, I had the best dream the oh, other really? night. Yes, yes, I I I got gifted a toy boy, right, oh, in my dream. Oh, and he came oh. with one of those giant boats, you know, like the, the <laughs> like cruises. A yacht. Like, a, like, like one a of those cruiser, cruiser thing that comes with a crew. <laughs> and I actually went to my husband and I said, I have fallen in love with this young man and I need your permission to go ahead with this affair. <laughs> oh and, my and my husband said, I can't stand in your way. <laughs> And then you went, the next night you went back to bed and you're like, come back. Yeah. Bring that back to me. I'm ready for part two. Part two exists. (laughs) The the cruiser. Let's go. You're so funny. Well, you know what I would love for people to do? is because I've just checked and we don't have any new uh, oh, reviews. No. So I would love for people to drop a review. Tell us, you know, whether maybe they love their dreams, what yeah. have their dreams told them. Yes. It's a good place to end. Um, and, you know, of course, we don't mind a rating either. If, you, if you're going to leave right. a review, you might as well leave a rating. Yeah, and I, I want to know about the psychic energy. Mm. Yeah. Mm. What, that they've felt from this yeah, episode. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. no, and also the people around them. Mm. Like how often is it the person that you live with you think something and then they say it and you're like, oh, my, did that just happen? Oh, that happens so, all the time yeah, at my yeah, house. I've told you, you can't make it up. No, nope, Can't make nope, this stuff up. You can't. Um, thank you so much for joining Thanks us today, Elaine. Pleasure. <laughs> thank you for having me. Well, I know it has been helpful for me today, but I hope this episode has left you feeling happier. I just want a man on a yacht now. Go on. Healthier. You can have the yacht. I'll go the cruiser. Less work. <laughs> Healthier. And better. <laughs> 